Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. How many of you have heard of this term, uh, perks, before? Perks, you know, benefits. Um, and uh, in life, there are different perks. A student discount is a perk that is only for students. Uh, you know, and on top of that, we've got different, different other perks. Uh, if you're a Singaporean, recently I've learned that um, you can just convert your driving license to a British driving license like that. You don't have to sit for another exam. Uh, you can just, just, you know, just like that. Singaporeans have the perk of, of, of being able to just, you know, use your driving license. And that's a perk that only Singaporeans have. Uh, another perk uh, could be, you know, if you have a family member, if your parents, if your mom or your dad uh, works for an airline. For example, I've heard that um, if your dad or mom is a pilot, uh, you get to fly for free. And I've seen people who even get to sit on first class or business class for free uh, because their mom or their dad is, is flying the plane. Um, I know for a fact that uh, Pastor Kat's uh, mom used to work for Malaysian Airlines. And uh, even though she was not on the, the flight crew, she was working on the, 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 the planning side of, of you know, the office and the, the administrative planning side of, of that company, uh, she, uh, as a result of being you know, uh, the, the daughter of somebody who works for Malaysia Airlines, got the perk. She only needed to pay 10%. So 10% of, of the full, full fare, you know, she only had to pay 10% uh, when she was a student. And that's a perk, amen? Uh, and and some, uh, uh, recently, I even had a conversation with somebody who works as a chef full-time. And uh, I was just curious because he, he, he cooks for other people for a living. So I go like, so what do you cook for yourself at home? He goes like, well, I hardly cook at home. I, most of the time, I eat out. Uh, and of course, he justified it by saying that, oh, it's, you know, it's part of like an ongoing learning experience for me. I eat out. I, 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 I like to discover other cuisines, other flavors. So and I incorporate them into my repertoire, my cooking, and, and etc., uh, and then he added by saying that, but there are perks, you know, as a chef going out. Sometimes another restaurant will know that, oh, that chef is coming. So by the time he gets to his table, he says he gets to enjoy perks like a glass of champagne waiting for him or a glass of Prosecco or some, something like that. Uh, and maybe sometimes even additional, uh, you know, they, they call it chef's treat, which means that stuff that is off the menu uh, that you can't order, but the kitchen prepares specially just for... Uh, you know, a fellow chef is from the chef to another chef, uh, and he gets to enjoy. So those are different perks, amen. And so in life, there are different, different, different type of perks. Or so if you don't like the word perks, is is the other word is benefits. But how many know that as as believers, we too have benefits in God. You know, Psalm uh, 103, if I'm not mistaken, says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. You know, and, 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 and that's what I want to talk to us this morning. You know, if you're taking down notes, um, you know, the, the, the title of my message today is called Kingdom Perks. Kingdom Perks. Do you know that you too uh, have access uh, to special benefits and special perks because you belong to the kingdom of God? You know, and, and the whole reason I want to share this is not just to tell us how blessed we are, you know, um, but recently I, I had this thought, you know, we're living in a society now where, you know, um, it's, it's actually beginning to uh, be increasingly hard to, 
to make a genuine connection. You know, what do I mean by that? Um, nowadays, a lot of us, we work from home. You know, and even if you do go into work, you're not going in every day. You know, and some people might even have been working remotely for the last uh, two years. Uh, you know, um, recently I was talking to, to someone in our online homes and, and she works for a Dutch company and, and she mentioned that, oh, I'm the only person working out of the UK and the rest of my colleagues are all in Netherlands. And that's why she had to go into Netherlands sometimes, you know, maybe, I don't know, once, however long, uh, for networking and for other meetings. And, um, and, 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 and it's so hard to, I don't know, talk to your colleague about anything apart from work if you get what I mean, right? Because everything's remote working, so if any email shoots out, uh, it's, it's about work, you know? If any, any conference call comes up, it's about work. Uh, gone are the times where you could just ask your colleague, you know, hey, you know, how was your weekend? Uh, or just even have, uh, you know, simple chit-chats over the water cooler, or even go out for lunch together, or even go out for drinks after work, you know, it's, it's becoming increasingly rare. And it's not just for people who work, it's also for people who study, you know? Nowadays, you know, I, I know, I, I'm not your parent, uh, so I'm not going to ask you how often do you go to class. Uh, but the temptation to not go to class is becoming increasingly higher. And I won't even say temptation, it becomes justifiable because many students will say, it's, everything's online anyway, everything's pre-recorded anyway. Uh, if I'm here to learn, you know, I learn better, you know, via video anyway. So, you know, I, I started thinking, hmm, if you're not careful, uh, we might just end up not having friends. And, uh, and, and I'm thinking, how will we share the gospel to people then? And, um, and, and a thought came you know, from the Holy Spirit that said that, Dave, this is why you need to teach my people to be bolder, um, to be more at ease with sharing with people um, why we believe what we believe. And um, you know, if I'm talking a bit slow, it's because I have a little phlegm and try not to cough. I don't want to scare anyone. But if you allow me, just one big cough. <coughs> it's not COVID, don't worry. I got it checked out. Um, but just a little bit of a phlegm. I got a little bit of cold on Monday. And so I started thinking, hmm, if we're not careful, we're going to have uh, hardly any opportunity to talk to people. Hardly any opportunity uh, to have casual conversations. In other words, if we want to, you know, take the gospel into our world, um, we've got to be more intentional. We've got to be more intentional uh, to, I don't know, invite people over for dinner. We've got to be more intentional uh, by, I don't know, inviting people out for coffee. We've got to be more intentional for, um, I don't know, being prepared for conversations to happen uh, in places where we least expect it. Oh, thank you. <coughs> oh, thank you. Just one sip. Apologies to the people watching online. Okay, here we go. And so, uh, my hope today is that we can be equipped so that if, I don't know, a neighbor uh, or a gym buddy, uh, because those are apparently places that you still go to. You still, you're still at home. You still go out for meals. Uh, you still go to gym. Uh, you still go on holidays. And so, it feels like in order for us to really engage our world of the gospel, we've got to be more prepared to actually be talking about our faith uh, not in an official corporate setting, but maybe in a more casual setting, like over dinner, 
on holiday, late night checks, uh, chats, etc. And uh, we've got to be more prepared to answer, you know, questions like, you know, a simple question like, so, so what's so good about being a Christian? You know, and instead of being caught like a deer in the headlights going like, huh? You know, because if I ask you, oh, what's so good about the, that restaurant? You can tell me, oh, no, you order this, order this, order this, you know, don't order that, order that. But when it comes to our faith, which is more important, and Jesus, who is more glorious than any plate of food, you know, a lot of us, we go like, oh. And if somebody asks us, you know, what, what's the benefit of being a believer? A lot of us might go like, uh. But my hope is that, you know, uh, we can start equipping ourselves and start arming ourselves um, and start reminding ourselves of the true perks of being a believer, the true benefits of being a believer, the true blessing of being a believer, uh, so much so that it, it just flows out of our mouth. Amen? And so my hope is that, uh, that, that in this message, you will learn to, I don't know, enjoy God a little bit more. Because when you truly enjoy something, it, it just flows out of your mouth. You want to recommend it. Amen? And, and maybe this message today will be some kind of um, reminder for, for some people here. Uh, but for others, it could be a revelation. But I pray that you will be blessed. You know, so let's just keep it simple, right? Let's just, let's just, let's just answer this question, okay? Uh, uh, what, if somebody will ask me, so what's so great about being a Christian? You know, what, what, what can we tell them? We can tell them a lot of things. But I thought for today... Uh, let's at least learn to get comfortable with telling them these three things. Amen? And uh, the first thing that we can tell them, my first point of today is that actually being a believer, one of the perks, one of the benefits, one of the joys, one of the blessings, whatever word you choose to use, one of the, 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 the amazing things about being a born-again believer in Jesus is that, you know, I, I get to know my true worth. My true worth. You see, the world that we are living in today, people are looking People are looking for, for, for self, you know, something to boost up their self-esteem. You know, something to, to, to I don't know, uh, make them feel good. I wrote here, true worth. True worth is understanding that God loves you even when your mirror doesn't. Have you been there before? You know, there are days where you wake up and you, you, you dress up all, I don't know, you know, all the way and, and it's still, the mirror still makes you feel like, oh, you know, I'm, I feel so bloated, you know, I'm so puffy and, and all that. And that's just me, you know, I'm just not talking about anyone here, I'm talking about me. And because uh, I'm vain that way. Um, other times, you know, when we look at the mirror, it, it could also be a reflection of like our past mistakes. Have you been there before? You know, maybe you look at the mirror a bit more introspective and then when you look at the mirror, you look at how hung up you are or how hangover you are. You, you, you go like, oh man, oh wow, I really shouldn't have done that. Oh really, last time I was rough. Oh, I'm really regretting the, the, the decision, etc. And there are days where, where you know, it, it, it's hard to love ourselves. But the beautiful thing about being a believer, a born-again believer in Jesus, is that even when we are unable to love ourselves, we can rest in the fact that God loves us. And that's our true worth. Our worth is not so much of our accomplishments and our achievements. And in a while, I'll, I'll tell us why that is the case. Uh, but our true worth is found in the fact that we are loved by God. That's the true worth. Knowing that the creator of the cosmos loves us, knows us, and loves us. But, but don't take my word for it. Let's look to scripture. Amen? In John chapter 1, verse 12, you know, Jesus spells this out in, in a very profound way. John 1, verse 12 says this, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the right, our worth becomes our right. It's not something that can be taken away from us, our right to become children of God, 
to those who believe in the name of Jesus, to those who believe in God. He gives us the right to be His children. And, and, and sometimes we look at that and we, we move on, but it's such a beautiful picture because it, it tells us that the God of all creation, when He looks at us, you know, and I know we, we, nobody here, myself included, we're not perfect. You know, even as Christians, even after we know God, there are days where we still get it wrong. Sometimes unintentionally and sometimes intentionally. Ouch. You know, and, 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 and sometimes when we think of like, oh, I wonder how God will look at me right now. And, and we are afraid to even imagine that. You know, will God look at me and, and, and see what I did last night? Will God look at me and, 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 and see all my past? No, 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 no. Here we get the reassurance that when God, if you believe in Jesus, when He looks at you, He looks at you as if you are His child in a loving way. And the beautiful, the beautiful thing about looking at children is this, that when you look at a child, uh, uh, really, truly, what has the child accomplished? A child is a child. And so in other words, when you look at a child, you're not so much looking at what they are currently doing or what they, or what they have done. You're, you're really looking at what they can do. You know, that's why every parent is so proud of their children. What, what has their five-year-old done? Nothing. He's not bringing anything. He's not you know, paying the bills. There's nothing. He's taking up... Okay, I shouldn't say taking up space, but you know what I'm saying. You know? and, and, and yet, a, a person will go like, wow, my child, my daughter, oh, my son. And imagine, you know, fathers looking at their son and, and while the son is still five years old, the father's already looking, this is the, this is the person who will take over the family business. He can't even hold a pencil, but, he's, he, but the way the father looks at him, do you, do you get what I'm saying? Sometimes we think that God only loves us because of what we can do. And yet God looks at us not because of what we, what we have done, but what we can do one day. Amen? And so God always looks at us, he looks at us with, with so much compassion, and, and He looks at us with a future hope. Amen? That's how God looks at us. That's, that's how we know. That's, no, I, 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 that's our worth. Our worth is that when the God of the heavens looks at us, He's not looking at us like we are an ant. Sometimes we have friends who go like, oh, God's, you know, some, some big cosmo bully, you know, you know, you hear all these statements before, you know, God's some, some, some bully who is looking down at us as ants. No, no, He doesn't look down at us as ants. He looks down at us as children. Children. Some are still lost children, but children nonetheless. Amen? But, but it doesn't just, just, just stop there. It continues in Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. Matthew 6, 26 says this, Look at the birds of the air. And we live in London, so there's lots of pigeons. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. They don't have jobs. They don't have responsibilities. They just exist. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Wow. And are you not, more, not of more value than they? And God here is, is trying to look, teach us to look at things in a contrastic way, you know, look at the birds. You know, some of us, we don't even look at the birds. And God says, exactly. You know, they are one of the, the lesser, you know, in terms of creation, no, on, on, on the lesser scale. And yet God, I know, Pastor Nikki here loves birds. She actually has a pet bird. You can talk to her. Uh, and, 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 you know, but some of us, we go like, oh, birds, not my thing. And, and yet God says, that, yeah, exactly. Some of you don't even think of them, but I think of them. So if I think of all of creation from the top to the bottom, how much more do you think I will think of you? That's our worth. So God is saying that when I think of you, if you ever wonder how God thinks of you, He's never thinking of you in a lesser way. He's never thinking of you in, 
in an angry way. Have you been there before? Don't raise your hands, but, but maybe some of us, we've been there before. I think God's angry at me. I think God's mad at me. Well, well, well where's the justification? All I know is that the Bible says that when God thinks of us, He thinks of us in a way that's higher, in a more generous way, in a kinder way, more than we can ever hope to possibly, I don't know. We, 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 I just want to put it in this way. No, God loves us. You know, that, that love is just something that we're meant to receive. It's not based on achievement. It's, it's just something that we are to receive. And I pray that the next time your friend asks you, so what's so great? Tell them you discover true worth. Your worth is not based on how many Instagram followers you have. Your worth is not based on your job. Your worth is not based on your family background. Whether your family, because sometimes you know, we think that, oh, I come from a rich family, right? In the UK, there's a very rich and powerful family called the Beckhams. Um, I, okay, yesterday in Bristol, they got the joke because they, they thought I was going to say the royal family. But I, anyway, so... You know, and, and sometimes when we, when we come from a rich family, we can feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm worth it. I've, I've, got, I've got status. I've got this. But the thing is this, that God loves us. Even if we come from broken family, God loves us. Even if we, I don't know, we are, we are even if, you know, you know, some people think that, oh, I'm not even walking in the right way of God. I'm just merely limping. You know, God still loves you even though you're, you're limping because, you know, that's, He looks at you. Amen. Again, you know, with, with the eyes of a father, true worth. The second thing that we should boldly tell our friends and even ourselves sometimes, what's so great about being a believer is that we discover true friendship. That's my second point, true friendship. And I'm not just talking about people in church. Even that itself is a walking, breathing miracle. I mean, just, just, just pause and, and think of the fact that everyone in this room, we come from different countries, different nations, different backgrounds. Some of us might even have different political beliefs. And yet, all of us here, we love each other and we see each other as brother and sister. But we're not related by blood. You know, not all of us. I know one or two might be brothers and sisters here. But, but, but the rest of us, we see each other not just as friends, but as, as, as in fact, you know, you, you know that you see each other with a deeper bond because you, you, you don't even treat your own siblings that way. Anyway, <laughs> you know, we, there's so much love in this room for no other reason than one fact. Jesus. And that itself is a miracle, but that's not even the true friendship that I'm talking about. The true friendship that I'm talking about is friendship with God. And what is friendship if not a relationship? I, I, I wrote here, do you know that people pay huge amounts of money to listen to some, some people talk or to get certain advice? You know, recently I read an article that the former Prime Minister of the UK, Boris Johnson, uh, regardless of how you, you think his term was, uh, uh, recently, it was reported that in just giving three speeches after, this is not during when he was Prime Minister, but after he was Prime Minister, in, in just giving three speeches, uh, he earned more than three million pounds. It's on average of one million pound per speech. When I saw that, I, I thought I'm in the wrong line. Anyway, just joking. It's, it's a privilege to serve the Lord. You know? But when I look at that, I go like, oh wow, people will pay him a million to listen to him talk. And, and they're not going to have him for, I don't know, the whole day. They're just going to have him for 30 minutes maybe. You know, if it's long-winded, maybe an hour. Um, but that's it. And if you want to listen another hour, I assume it's another million. But friends, do you know that we have direct access, constant access to God? And that's the power of true friendship I'm talking about. 
you know, don't, again, no, it's just so amazing, you know, that, that in God, you know, just, just, just think for a second, this, this is God, this is the creator of the heavens and the earth, this is God who's seated on high, you know, the Bible in the book of Revelation says that God is seated on, enthroned in the highest of heavens, and the angels surrounding him. This morning we had a good time worship, but but like Ali and the worship team always say, God, you know, God, God doesn't need our worship. Yeah. He's got better angels singing, you know, talk, you know, and, and, and around his throne, just glorifying him. You know, beasts of 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 of, of you know different shapes and proportions that 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 defy our imagination are there worshiping and bowing in worship, and he's seated there. So powerful, so majestic, and in Jesus we have direct access to Him. We can, we can, it's so amazing, and 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 we can just, you know, we can just go like, "Hey, God, you're there," and He is. And, and the Bible gives us this assurance in Matthew chapter seven, Matthew chapter seven, verse seven to eleven says this: Jesus gives us this. This invitation, right? This is how you approach God. This is how you know your true friends. It says, ask and it will, not mine, it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. What man is there among you who if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone, right? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a serpent, if you then being evil, now how and, and yet know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? And that's a beautiful thing that we can ask. Jesus says that, that, that if you believe in me, when you become a child of God, you can seek, you can ask, you can knock, you can interrupt God. You don't have to worry. Sometimes we, you know, I don't know, maybe with our parents or maybe even with our bosses, we can go like, uh, sorry, is this a good time? You know, i got to ask you some questions. Is this a good time? You know, but with God, it, it's always a good time. It's always a good time to ask. It's always a good time to seek. It's always a good time to knock. And we do it sincerely and earnestly. The Bible says it will be given because, and, and Jesus is trying to just look, look at how a father you know, spoils their child. Look at how a father gives and, and, and loves. You know, how much more will your father in heaven do that? But speaking of friendship, do you know that it's not enough for... Friendship is a two-way street. It's not enough for one person to claim that I'm, I'm friends. So, for example, um, just, just using randomly, let's say, uh, uh, you know, cat, uh, right? So cat's my friend. Uh, but cat's only truly my friend if she acknowledges me. It's not enough that I go around telling people, oh, look at that. Look at look at cat. That's my friend. That's my friend. In fact, she's more than my friend. She's my girlfriend. In fact, no, more than my girlfriend, she's not my wife. <laughs> now, I can go around telling people all that. I know that sounds silly. Just using as an example. Uh, but it's only truly, to, truly true if cat also reciprocates. You know, if I say cat's my friend and then cat says, no, I'm not. Stay away from me, you freak. You know, security, security, you know. It's only true if it's a two-way street. When, where it's not only me that acknowledges Cat, but Cat that acknowledges me. So when we talk about true friendship, 
you might be saying that, oh yeah, it's, it's nice that we can ask God, ask God, ask God, but, but is God really, does He really want to be that close to me? Is He really that good? Sometimes we, we struggle. God is so good because we live in a world that says that if it's too good to be true, it must not be true. But in the Bible, it says God is good and God is truth. And so God is truly good. And, and we got to allow ourselves to, to, to change in our way of looking at God. But don't just take my word for it. Let's turn to uh, uh, John chapter 14, verse 26. John 14, 26 tells us about how God longs to be with us. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus says, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So it's not just us reaching out to God, but the Holy Spirit will be sent to come into our lives, to be our helper, to be there to help us in our times of need. Do you see how much God longs to be with us? The Bible also says that we, our body, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. God could have lived in any palace, but He dwells in us. And His Holy Spirit is in us to help us, not to lecture us, to help us, to bring us in to remember all the things that Jesus has taught. That's a true friend. A true friend is there to help you. A true friend is there to remind you, you know, when, when, when life gets you down and sometimes life, uh, 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 you know, I don't know, discourages you so much. You find it so hard to keep going on. But there's a voice that says, hey, don't give up. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen? Some of you go like, are you sure? You know, I, you know yes. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that, you know, let's say for example, you woke up late and uh, you're thinking of, I don't know, oh man, I woke up late. Uh, maybe I should just uh, skip class today. You know, or call in sick today. So let's, let's not discriminate, all right? Just in case the students hate me, you know? And then there's a voice that says, that, nah, don't do that. Nah, don't do that. That's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us into truth and righteousness. Amen? And so what we have is just amazing, unlimited access. I wrote here, people pay huge amount of money for limited help. In Christ, we have unlimited access to God. So not only is this a perk, a benefit, but let me ask you this, is this a perk and benefit that you are enjoying? Or is this a perk and benefit that you hardly touch? Amen. And I pray that you will be reminded, oh, go to God. Go to God. You have unlimited access. You know, do you know that today, if I were to organize a talk, let's say, for example, if I were to book the biggest hall in friend's house and invite, I don't know, uh, Elon Musk to come and speak. If I were to sell every ticket, 2,000 pounds, it will be sold out, I guarantee you. But you know that we have a better option in our lives. You might not have Elon Musk and maybe for some of you, you go like, thank God you don't have Elon Musk in your life, but we have Jesus in our lives. We have someone who's more brilliant than whoever you perceive to be the most brilliant, the most successful. You know, you have God. Amen? And so that's true friendship. Don't never let that go. Don't take that for granted. The third point is this, true hope. True hope. True hope. You know, we, we live in a world that is confusing. You know, we live in a world that, you know, it's, it's not always easy to understand. 
people always ask me as, as Christians and as pastors, they go like, you know, if God is so good, you know, why, why do bad things happen? Why do things, you know, happen and, 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 and this and that? And the Bible actually never promises that when we follow Jesus, bad things will never happen. But it says that, you know, in Jesus, we have hope. And hope, I wrote here, hope leads to peace in our troubles and our tragedies. You see, we won't go through stuff. Um, you know, we will cry and the pain is very real. When we lose someone we love, the pain is very real. The, <coughs> the sadness is very deep. And, and, and I'm saying that as Christians, it's not like we, we can't cry. As Christians, it's not like we, we can't be real with our emotions. But the thing is this, after our emotions have been poured out, after every tear has been cried, there's a hope that allows us to move on. There's a hope that allows us to cling on to and go like, you know what? God has the final say. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 puts it very beautifully. Romans 8, 28 says this, And we know that all things work together for the good, those who love God, and those who are called according to His purpose. What this tells us is that even though we can't understand what is happening in our lives, maybe you're going through a rough patch right now. You can't understand um, why your job is the way it is. You can't understand why your family is the way it is. You can't understand why your health is the way it is. But the, 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 the powerful thing is this, that, that in Jesus, we can go like, even though I don't understand, I know that God is working something. God is working something. You know, God is turning something around. In other words, whatever I'm going through, this is, not, this is not the last chapter. God is still writing. He's the author of life. In other words, we have this hope that, you know what, I'm, I'm in a valley right now, but this is not the last chapter. This is not where the story ends. You know, a lot of us here, we love a good movie, an action movie, a science fiction movie, whatever it is, a superhero movie. And in those movies, there's always a journey of up and down. There are moments where it looks like the hero has lost it all. There are moments where it looks like, you know, the, 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 the protagonist has, 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 has died. But the truth is that the story keeps going on. Have you been there before where you go like, oh no, there's a fight and somebody falls off the cliff, cuts to black. <gasps> but then you look at the watch and go, oh, but there's still two more hours. The story is still going on. There's something happening behind the scenes. And that is the hope that we have. Right? We don't understand it, but we can say that, but God, I know that even though the pain is very real right now, you're working. You're working behind the scenes. Amen? In 2 Corinthians, it gives us an even deeper hope. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 1 says this, for, if we know, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This is the hope that we have, that even if, God is saying that, even if everything on earth goes wrong, even if your earthly house, and, and, and the earthly house here could represent not just our physical house, but our lives, our businesses, our family, our marriage, whatever. And God is saying, even if things go pear-shaped here for you, know that you have an eternal home that cannot be destroyed. You have an eternal relationship that cannot be torn asunder. We have an eternal hope in God. And, and this, is, this is like a light at the end of the tunnel that keeps us going. 
in the hardest of life's situations. You know, when I read the news today, we're, we're, we're constantly being told there's war happening in Ukraine, there are earthquakes happening in Syria and Turkey, there are, there are, there are human rights violations happening uh, in Afghanistan and in, in, in all over the world. You know, there's bad news. It's, it's, it's whether in the Western world or the Eastern, just everyone, there's so much pain. And, and the hope that we have is this, that even though the tragedies are very real, God is working something. Even if I can't see it, He's doing something. He's writing the story. And even if for a season it might look like all hope is gone, but God, the Bible says, He will turn it around for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. That is the hope that we have. You know, so, so, so that, that's, that's such an amazing, amazing thing, you know. So what if you, you, you I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, more, more realistic examples for people in this room, you know, because maybe for some of you, you, can, ah, you know, you're young and you're healthy and you go like, ah, it's fine, you know, my house will never crumble. I'll live to see Jesus come back. Maybe you will. But for some of us, maybe we have deeper fears of like, oh, what if, you know, what, what if, why if I never get healed? Or, or, you know, maybe you have a condition in your body that, that, that you're worried about. And what if? God can heal, but what if for reasons that you can't understand, you don't get healed? God gives us the assurance, hey, this earth is just, I don't know. What, what, how, you know, how old is the oldest person currently living? I don't know, maybe 100, 100 plus? How long is eternity? Definitely more than 100. And the hope that we have is that even the, 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 the pain that we're going through right now, if we have to endure it this entire lifetime, is nothing compared to the freedom. It's nothing compared to the healing. It's nothing compared to the wholeness of eternity. In other words, God is trying to tell us that in Jesus, our home is not earth. Our home is heaven. And you got to understand that. In other words, you know, if, if, if the kingdom of God is our true home, then we got to work with the kingdom of God's time zone and timeline and begin to see everything here, you know, in the eyes of eternity, in the eyes of heaven and go like, you know what? You know, it's, it's just a little, right? Some of us here, you would queue up. I recently wrote, uh, I saw on Instagram, there's this famous uh, Michelin star um, place in, in Thailand, in Bangkok, where you can eat like crap omelette or something like that. Some of you probably have been there before. And I, I, somebody posted online, I waited four hours. I waited four hours to, to have crap omelette. How many of you would wait four hours to have a plate of food? Some of you might, no judgment, no condemnation. Some of you might. You know why you're willing to wait four hours, four hours? Because you say it's worth it. I want you to know, friends, God is worth it. Heaven is worth it. Eternity with God is worth it. Soon you will realize, one day when you see God face to face, the pain that you went through, that was just a four-hour wait compared to the feast that you're enjoying at that very moment in the presence of God. Amen? You know, we have true worth, true friendship, true hope. And, and I pray that 
that this will not only be something that will be more comfortable and more quick to share with our friends, but I pray that this will also be something that we learn to enjoy more and more. Because the, 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 another reason I'm preaching this message today is because I was suddenly reminded that, you know, this Wednesday, the 22nd of February, is the start of Lent. It's so fast. Start of Lent. I know Pancake Day is what? Monday? Tuesday. Okay, cool. <laughs> See, everybody remembers Pancake Day, but except me. You know, Pancake Day usually... Why does Pancake Day usually precede Lent anyway? Because, you know, some people from um, more traditional Christian beliefs, they might even start giving stuff up for Lent. Um, and as a church, we, we, we remember the spirit um, of, of, of Easter, but we usually start with uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting, but, but that's in March 18th, so don't worry. That, that's not next Wednesday. Um, but Lent, for others who remember it from 40 days before Easter, it starts uh, next Wednesday. And as thinking about Lent, uh, my mind went to a different angle. You know, when, when I think of Lent, uh, it reminds me of another word, lend, borrow. I know, that is not the root word of Lent. Lent came from the old English word of lengthen. And it's usually a time to mark that the days are becoming longer. And the sun is staying up longer and, you know, the changing of seasons and all that. But when I think of Lent, I'm certainly reminded, it's, it's, it sounds like, hey, you know, the book that I lent you, can I have it back? And, and, and I know it's not what Lent means, but to me, it felt like God was reminding me that let us also not forget that we have been purchased with a price. And, and, and who we are no longer truly belongs to ourselves. You know, for example, if, um, if Noel comes up to me and says, Pastor, oh, this is a nice book that you're reading. Can I borrow this? And I, and I lend it to her. Uh, do you know that in that period, Noel can read it? She can. She can read it. She can bring it anywhere she wants to. She can read it in her toilet. She can read it before she goes to bed. She can read it in class. She can read it before she goes to sleep. Right? So essentially, she can do with it however she wants to. But at the end of the day, she needs to return it to me. And she cannot return it to me with the book destroyed. She can't return it to me with, with half of the pages missing. And I'm still reminded of like, no, another thing that we need to remember when we are a child of God is that we belong to Him. A child has a parent and we belong to Him. And yes, just like Lent, we can live. You know, God doesn't really care what colour you dye your hair. You know? God doesn't really care what hairstyle. As long as you're happy, He's happy. Uh, but at the end of the day, our life belongs to Him. And even as we're singing earlier on, you know, the song that, that the worship team uh, used, this you know, they didn't check with me what I'll be preaching. And there's a line, we probably sung it in church a, a, a many times, uh, but it's a good, I think it's a line in the chorus of the bridge that goes like, people are dying to know who you are. And it's a prophetic word to go like, wow, you know, it's like, you know, like how when your friend is pregnant and you go, oh, I'm dying to know the gender of the baby. You don't literally mean that you're about to kill yourself. You know, unless your friend tells you the gender of their baby, you, you mean that, I'm so excited. But 
the truth is this, we live in a broken world and there are people suffering every day. There are people living in poverty every day. There are people dying every day. And as people who know God, we can't just live our lives ignoring their needs. And, and, and people are suffering every day and, 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 I, and so many don't know the hope. So many don't know their worth in Jesus. So many don't know that they can have a friend called Jesus. So many don't know that they can have a, a place in eternity with Jesus. The world is literally dying. And yet we know. And so in, the, in a way, in the spirit of Lent, <laughs> this message, I hope, won't just be like, oh, kingdom perks, <laughs> cute. But may we say, God, this life, it's, it doesn't belong to me. And you've placed me here. God, you're so, so amazing, so sovereign, so in control. You could have placed me on any, in any city, any country, and yet you placed me in this country, you placed me in this city. And yes, I can do many things as I enjoy because no Lent, <laughs> but I belong to you. And, and, and what... At the end of the day, what I cannot do is I cannot just live for myself. I cannot live ignoring the cries of the people around me. And so my hope is that we will share this part because the truth is this, that relationship with Jesus is not an exclusive club. It's not like a student discount. You, you got to be part of a university in order to access this. It's not like a, a, a perk, being a Singaporean, you got to be born in a country and not everybody can be born in that country. It's not like, you know, flying for free in any airlines because, you know, you're, 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 you got to be in this family and they you know my mom and dad got to be your mom and dad, you know, for, for you to fly free and, and all that. The kingdom of heaven is open to all. A relationship with Jesus is a gift that He purchased Jesus paid the price. And so I've prayed, friends, that we will learn to enjoy. Because maybe for some of us here, we've lost the love for prayer. And, and your life is empty. And you're trying to fill it with different things. And God is saying that, I'm here. Let's talk. And you'd rather talk to your friend across the time zone in another part of the world than to talk with the King of Kings, the Law of Lords, who resides in your heart. Some of you here, you've forgotten your worth. You're a Christian, you're a child of God, you're bought with the blood of the Lamb and yet you are running around trying to gain other people's approval. If, if, you know, if only my boss smiled at me, then I'll be happy. If only I had more money in my bank account, then I'll be happy. Your worth is not. Did you see, the kingdom of God is a great equalizer. Poor, rich, you're of equal value to God. Male, female, equal value to God. Young, old, equal value to God. Society doesn't treat us like that. Oh, you're from that prestigious university? Come, 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 please have this seat of honor. Oh, you're from that royal family? Please come, 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 we'll bow down to you. But, but that's the beauty of the kingdom of God. And I pray that this will start changing the way we look at ourselves. Because you know what? It's another thing that worth affects. It affects our confidence.
And I feel that God says that no England and London and the world doesn't need another scaredy cat Christian. We need more courageous, confident child of God going out there, boldly sharing. Maybe boldness comes the next time you, you know, like I say, we are living in a world that, that, that seems to want to isolate us more and more and more and more. Even our workplace now feels so isolated with remote, remote working and etc. Maybe this is the time where loving our neighbour becomes more literal than we can ever imagine. Do you know your neighbour? Maybe, you know, maybe it's time to strike up a conversation. And, 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 and as you do life together, when people begin to see that you're a Christian, when people ask, you go to church every Sunday, what's so good about church? And instead of us going like, uh, there's music. It's not the music that saves people. Uh, there's food. It's not the food that saves people. Uh, now I pray that, oh, what's so good about church? Oh, you mean why do I not go on holidays or on weekends and instead go to church? Because that's where I'm, again, reminded of my true birth. That's where I get to meet my true friend. His name is Jesus. He loves you, and you can know Him too. You know, maybe it's time for us to be more bold in that respect. And maybe a reminder that our life doesn't belong to us can help with that boldness. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that we will not just know how much you love us, but Lord, I pray that we will be more courageous to share your love with others around us. Lord, in a world that isolation becomes more and more normalized, Lord, help us to be more creative. Help us to be more courageous in sharing the gospel, in talking about you. Help us to be more comfortable talking about you. Help us to, Lord, walk with you, enjoy you so much that, that it just flows out of our lips. Like, 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 like how we so easily tell our friends where the best deal to be had, which place has the best kebab. May the love of God come out of our mouth with even more ease than that. Help us to be bold. Help us to be shameless. Help us to love you. Lord, help us to love you. Lord, we are told by the Bible and every time we come to church, how much you love us, how much you love us, how much you love us. But Lord, today, help us to love you back and help us live out that love. Because Lord, there's a broken, broken world out there that is in desperate need of you. Help us not to be selfish believers, but help us, Lord, to boldly share who you are and what you have done. Friends, before I close this, if I can give you one more bonus perk. Besides knowing your true worth and knowing true friendship and having true hope, there's also another truth. True forgiveness. True forgiveness. 
You see, everything that is wrong in the world today is because of human sin. Human sin. Human selfishness, human greed, human insecurity, human hate, everything. Everything. It's not the institutions that are problematic. It's the humans that that make up that institution. And when Jesus died on the cross, He went straight for the root problem. When we see the world around us today, when we see corruption, when we see poverty, when we see war, when we see famine, all those are are problems, all those are, are horrible things, but they are also symptoms. They are not the root. The root of all those things that make the world bad today is called human sin. And because it's human sin, all of us, we are also part of the problem. But when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, He died. He died. How did His death solve the problem? For our sin against God, we deserve to die. We, the root, deserves to be taken out. But Jesus took our place instead. And when He died on the cross, He said that I will take the punishment of this sin. And not only did He die and His perfect death, because He had no sin, He who had no sin died for our sins, so it cancelled out the punishment of our sin. And then the Bible says three days later, He rose again, proving that He is the Son of God proving that He is the Creator because only the Creator can have power over death. And friends, when we know God, in Jesus, we receive true forgiveness. True forgiveness starts when we become aware that we are sinners. We are part of the problem. And for us to stop being the problem, God needs to be God of our lives. He needs to be the boss of us. If we continue to be boss, the, the, the problem of sin continues, but because God becomes our boss, He becomes our Lord, and He becomes our Father, and we sit under His authority, healing begins to happen. Restoration begins to happen. Good begins to happen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, Thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.